Welcome to the Counselling Armchair, hosted by the counselling team at RMIT University. This podcast aims to help you manage your university life so you can be at your best. We'll be sharing with you tips on student life here and ways to enhance your mental well-being. Welcome back, everyone. Well, it's that time of the year where many of us are gearing up for assessments, deadlines and even exams. I can imagine some of us are going through some stress and anxiety with all this on our plate. In this episode, Liz and I will be talking about assessment anxiety. So welcome back, Liz. Great to have you here today. Oh, thanks so much, Yvonne. It's great to be back here with you on the podcast. Very exciting. It is very exciting. So we've got a few episodes up now and um, we're ready to go and talk about what is assessment anxiety, eh? Yes. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Good place to start. (laughs) Do you want to tell us a little bit more? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, look, I mean, assessment anxiety can sort of take the shape in in many ways. Very typically, and as most people would probably, um, it would resonate with most people, is that it's it's feeling super stressed. It's, you know, having maybe feeling sick, uh, maybe feeling like your mind's racing, you know, maybe feeling like you can't concentrate, you can't remember things, you know, you might be having very physical symptoms um, or it might be more sort of like cognitive, what we call cognitive symptoms and sort of memory impairment. But the point is, is that assessment anxiety, when we use that sort of term, we're talking about the sort of anxiety that stops you from performing and demonstrating what you know. Yeah. yeah, so th- it stops us from performing um, yeah. or, or doing things that we've kind of, you know, rehearsed or role played or learnt or, you know, try to remember. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. It, you know, it's that thing of like looking at a question on an exam paper and going, yeah. I have no idea. I actually have no idea. And then that is terrifying because, mm-hmm. you know, you are under pressure to produce something and the more pressure that you feel to produce something, the less you can actually do it. And that's when you can go into a little bit of a panic, you know, at that point in time. And then, of course, the more you get into a panic situation, the less able you are to produce what you need to produce. Does it last like a while um i guess i was also thinking as you said you know some of these symptoms and or signs sound a little bit like a panicky moments of panic so can they last you know like is it in the moment or does it last for several days i guess i was also thinking in the context of some of us feel quite anxious or stressed out leading up to something like an assessment or exam um, or due date or deadline and then some of us actually feel that anxiety during the assessment itself like especially if it's a test right and, and yeah. you know really is it do people feel one or the other do mm. people feel both mm. does it last heaps long um, yeah. can I expect to kind of maybe go away a little bit type of thing yeah. yeah 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 good question and look I think the answer is really that it's possible to feel both of those things or maybe just one of those things so you know certainly the lead up to the exam what we might call the pre-assessment anxiety that can start anywhere from when you start to realize it's getting close now what that amount of days is is different for different people you know it might be just the day before it might be up to the week before um, it's that anticipation of like you're thinking about what's it going to be like? Am I going to be able to do this? Um, and you might start to notice things like, you know, not sleeping so well, you know, being preoccupied with worrying about it, 
and then maybe some of those physical signs as well like feeling like your tummy gets a bit upset or you know you start feeling hot and sweaty at moments when you're thinking about it so that's that sort of lead up anxiety and then within the exam itself you can also get that and, and you know that's what we describe more of like yeah, you see the question on the paper and you think, I have no idea what that is, even though I know I literally read that this morning or yesterday. And yesterday I was able to talk about it really confidently. And I know that I know this, but I just can't produce it. Yeah. And then having those, what you, as you rightly described, you know, sort of more panic symptoms in the exam itself. It would usually, I would expect it to resolve shortly after the exam is over, although oftentimes, you know, there is a bit of residual, oh, my God, you know, how could I stuff that up? Or, oh, yes. you know, that's, oh, oh no, I'm going to fail. And so there might like some be some residual effects, I suppose, after the exam itself. But it's very much a situation-based anxiety. It's not right. just a general free-floating anxiety that's there all the time. Yeah, Hopefully for listeners out there, people can relate to how it is quite situational and yeah. doesn't last forever yeah. or it doesn't last the whole 24-7. Maybe some mm-hmm. sounds like, you know, I, I can imagine or I can relate to this where when we think about it, then I can, my heart races a little bit, yeah. you know, I get a yeah. bit sweaty palms type of feeling. If I've got a exactly. deadline due, I've got a presentation um, mm-hmm. and that that itself is that, that assessment anxiety. That's exactly right. And also, I should add that it very often is perhaps stronger when you have to do a practical assessment where you maybe oh. need to demonstrate like demonstrate a skill or give a speech, talk in front of a group. Somehow that adds another element because there's a performative element to that where, you know, you know you're being watched in the moment. And that can sometimes, you know, some people might be fine with theory assessments or paper pen assessments or online exams, but find that they really struggle in that space of those more practical assessments where they have to perform in person in the moment. What is it about that and including timed assessments that become more stressful for some of us? Yeah, yeah. Look, I think it's the fact that it's time limited. You know, we know that we've got huge amounts of information that we need to present in that assessment um, and and we need to we don't know what they're going to ask Mm -hmm. and so we're studying a big broad range of stuff (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. it feels like you know probably they'll ask about 10% of what we're revising but we still have to revise 100% of it we have to gain all that you know knowledge and awareness before we go into the exam I think it's also that feeling of being put on the spot you know right now like you know someone's saying to me or you know the questions there on the screen answer this question right now it's not like I'm like give me a minute let me think about that yeah (laughs) let me just hmm, let me just see if it comes to me you know it's that sense of urgency maybe true Um, that's why I think they feel particularly stressful you know maybe certainly more so than say an assignment um, Mm. which you know you can work on piecemeal you know you gradually put it together um, Mm. and then you you know you finally you know when you feel happy with it you hand it in sort of thing you know with the Mm. exam it's like now Give me the answer now, <laughs> you know. So I think that's that's why they feel particularly stressful. Mm, I can imagine staying up, like trying to cram everything in, yeah. in the hope yeah. that if they ask that question, I'm going to be able to answer that because I just crammed that in the night before. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, gosh, there. I remember. Yeah. 
I've been there too. I yep. mean, I certainly remember like literally walking into the exam, like madly flicking through, you know, and like virtually not reading it because I was so stressed. I couldn't take it in, you know, but there's this sort of illusion that, you know, maybe um, this will be the one question that if I didn't happen to read this sentence before I walked in, I can't, I can't answer it. Um, and and it, is, it is hard because, you know, you, yeah, you don't know what they're going to ask you specifically. Um, and a, a semester's worth of work is a lot of information. Mm, it is trying to, like, really showcase how what we've learned, you know, how we yeah. have managed to demonstrate that understanding exactly. um, and in the time that we're given, which sometimes is not enough. And, exactly. you know, sometimes we want to say a lot more, um, but we've got put on that spot, like you said, or put yeah. on the pressure. Some of us, you need to ponder over things and do yeah. things in draft edits, um, draft or edit form. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I know that we, you know, we, we talk about, um, you know, to our clients and our students, like, you know, how we can feel good stress or bad stress. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you able to tell us a little bit about what what is this what is this good stress bad stress yeah, are, there, are there differences between stress. the two Yeah, oh, look, absolutely. I think the thing about stress is that it's not completely evil. <laughs> you know, like uh, some stress is needed to have a reason to do things. You know, mm-hmm. if we didn't have some pressure on us to get things done, I don't know, I think we're inherently pretty lazy actually. Like we probably wouldn't do it unless we had to, you know. Um, and so a bit of stress is okay. Like, it, you know, yeah. it's, it gives us that get up and go. Like a deadline's coming, I need to get that work done, I become productive, yeah. um, I, I do it, I work hard and I finish it and it's done. That's good stress, you know. Yeah. Um, good stress might even be feeling a bit of butterflies on the day of an assessment but still being able to perform, still being able to function well, still being able to remember everything. Um, so, yeah, good stress in, in summary basically is that good stress motivates us to stay focused on study and it maybe makes us ready for action, like we're prepared mm-hmm. to, to go, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's, it's energising too, it's energizing. it sounds like. Yeah, yeah it energises us to do things, to be able to have the capacity exactly. to do things. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's a really perfect description, Yeah. But, you know, of course, too much anxiety, too much stress, it starts to interfere with our preparation, you know. Um, it starts to interfere with our performance and it feels pretty awful as well. You know, sometimes the, the range of symptoms that we can experience is pretty uncomfortable. We can have anything from what I mentioned, like the physical signs, like your pounding heart, you know, having an upset stomach, maybe feeling dizzy, which is terribly uncomfortable. It might be more of a behavioural thing, like feeling really restless or feeling like you're on a short fuse. Someone Mm -hmm. says something inconsequential to you and you snap at them as though they've said the worst thing in the world. The example I often give to my clients is, you know that you're too stressed when there's, when you're in the bad stress mode, when um, you go to the supermarket and you go get your favourite toothpaste and it's out of stock and you burst into tears. <laughs> and it's like you know, that thing of like, this emotion does not actually fit this situation. True. You know, why am I this upset about something so trivial? Yeah. Usually it's a bit of a sign that maybe, you know, your stress is not in that optimum zone anymore. Um, And yes, of course, you know, other, it's not just crying, it might be being angry, it might be being irritable, it might be feeling a bit depressed. Mm. And then, you know, in terms of your thinking style, you know, you might find yourself being really mean to yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. really self-critical, I'm useless, I can never, never do this, I always stuff up. But certainly, you know, the one that makes it hard with assessments is that it interferes with our focus, 
concentration, yeah. our ability to sort of remember things, and that's that's really problematic for our performance. Yeah, I guess with a lot of things in life where you describe with the good stress, we've got to have a bit of it, you know, yeah. in moderation. That's um, right. But we also don't want to have too much of it. So a little bit like, you know, with chocolate um, or yeah. food as my favourite topic, and I like to use that as a comparison to yeah. <laughs> compare with, okay, too much of one thing. If you eat too much, that's no good. If you too, eat too little, that's probably no good either for, yeah. for like performance or just functioning. Um, yeah. But if you eat moderate level, it gives us, you know, somewhere in between and we, it gives that's us energy right. to do things or motivation to do things, being yeah. able to focus or stay grounded. Yeah. But if it's too much of one thing, then it becomes too excessive. And we're, all we're doing yeah, is trying true. to control that or manage that or get a handle on that, that we're yeah. not really actually doing what we're, we're, we've been studying for, what we've been yeah. working on so far with our academic studies. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it feeds itself too. Like the more that you get into that yeah. bad stress mode, you start being stressed about the fact that you're stressed and that you're not yes. coping very well. And then you get into this vicious cycle that it's really hard to get out right. of. Right, yes. Um, it's very circular. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. And then we yeah. might fall into a heap. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And, and you know, sometimes what that means is I don't show up to the exam or I just mm -hmm. don't do it or I avoid, you know, because mm -hmm. that's a very human reaction to feeling overwhelmed or mm -hmm. anxious is to go into avoidance. And, of course, that doesn't have a good long-term consequence for us either in terms of our, our performance with study. Mm -hmm. I know we earlier on we talked about some symptoms, some signs, you know, that we feel physically, cognitively, or even maybe some lifestyle changes. I just am curious also, like, what else can I look out for when I feel that assessment anxiety? Um, we yeah. talked about the butterflies in the stomach. I know yeah. for myself, you know, sometimes it's the, the performative side of things like giving a speech or a presentation, the heart races, you know, thinking about yeah. it. Um, you know, sweaty palms or feeling hot. Um, exactly. But, yeah, are there more things that we need to look out for if, you know, for me to know when yeah. I am actually feeling that anxious about that assessment? Yeah, yeah. Look, I think these things are, will become very apparent very quickly because <laughs> um, the one thing about those stress symptoms is that they're pretty in your face. Mm. Yeah, it, it's, it's all the things that you mentioned, you know, on the physical side. The common ones do tend to be around like racing, heart pounding, heart, heart palpitations, Sometimes chest pain um, mm -hmm. can happen and that can be really frightening because you think it's something else, not anxiety, mm -hmm. and then often hits our gastrointestinal system as well. So it might be mm -hmm. nausea, it might be diarrhoea, um, you know, or just like cramps or wind or anything. Mm. That sort of, you know, a lot of people, like even with, say, something like irritable bowel syndrome, that's yes. really influenced by stress and you can often get a real flare-up in symptoms with stress. And I think they're all kind of in the same sort of space, you know, yeah. Um might be really bad headaches could be another one. Vision, sometimes people have vision, like things go a bit blurry. The, the range of things that can happen with stress is really quite big. <laughs> it's right. quite a big thing. And sometimes it's, it's you know, things you wouldn't expect. Oh, is that caused by stress? Um, one I know um, that I often can tell when things, when I'm feeling stress is grinding my teeth. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, you might get a bit of jaw pain from that or that can also cause a bit of dizziness. Um, so, you know, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, other other behavioural signs I think to look out for is if you notice yourself avoiding, like if you notice yourself yep. procrastinating, you know, when you think about, you know, oh, dear, you know, this assessment's coming up. I could either study or I could watch TV. I'm watching TV. Oh, no, and now I'm getting more stressed because I'm not getting any of my work done. You know, those are 
an indication that maybe your stress is burning a bit high, mm-hmm. you know. And then, yeah, I mentioned before about the emotional stuff, you know, the, perhaps the crying, the feeling angry, the being irritable, snapping at people, you know, yeah. you might notice just things annoy you much more than they used yes. to. Being and less patient. Less patient, mm. less patient, exactly. No, exactly. we're not as in, we're not as patient. Whether it's lining up for something, whether it's That's someone right. cutting us off somewhere at a queue, yeah. or, you know, often that can happen as well if we're quite sensitive, yeah. um, exactly. we're a bit irritable or agitated, exactly. and it's completely unrelated to that matter. Yeah. Like it's you know someone yeah. cuts you off, okay, it's not it's dis- out of proportion, disproportionate yeah. to the actual event. Like Absolutely. you said with the with the to- toothpaste with situation, the toothpaste. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you might just have a tantrum yeah. in the middle of a supermarket. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think people feel overwhelmed as well. It's just that feeling of overwhelm. Yeah. Like it's too much for me to deal with. Like I, I have to travel this far, but I only have this much in my petrol tank. You know, yes. it's it's like it's too much. It all feels too, too much. much. Right. Yeah. It's getting yeah. too big and I can't, you know, handle it or that's yeah. the sensation or that's the feeling. And that's yeah. some sometimes also the thought. I can't yeah. handle this. Yeah. I can't okay. handle it. Yeah. Well, I exactly. guess um, I guess I'm sure our listeners are also very keen to hear. But yeah. how do I develop skills to prepare for assessment anxiety? I yeah. mean, especially when I, you know, might have felt like this in the past, and maybe some of us have had successful ways of dealing with it, or not so successful way, regardless. But what yeah. would be your tips? Yeah. Look, I think that the first thing I'd like to tell listeners is to remember that what exams actually measure or timed assessments actually measure is not how good you are or how talented you are or how smart you are. What they actually measure is how good a job have you done of revising for this? Mm-hmm. How much practice have you had in answering these sorts of similar questions? Mm-hmm. How good are you at managing your time in exams? You know, not spending 20 minutes on one question that's worth two marks mm-hmm. and then not having time to finish it. And then your ability to address the questions. In other words, really what I want to say about that is the things that lead to success in exams are actually things that you can work on, even if feeling anxious. You know, exams, if you get a good technique going, um, you will navigate them much better. And so that I think I'd start there. I would definitely start with, okay, what's my revision technique? You know, mm-hmm. how am I preparing for this? Am I covering the breadth of what I need to know? Sometimes you can get bogged down in depth. You know, I'm going to really drill down on this one topic and then, oh, oh, no, I haven't covered any of the others. And my advice is usually, you know, a moderate level of depth on all of them because then, you you know, statistically speaking, you've got a much better chance of being able to answer all the questions, even if you don't get all the minute detailing. So get on to the online learning lab at RMIT, for example, which has mm-hmm. some tutorials on how to revise for an exam how to use active revision skills for example Uh, the mistake a lot of people make in revising for exams is just reading over things over and over again but that's like a real form of passive learning Mm -hmm. and uh, it doesn't just it doesn't transfer into our long-term memory and so we need to kind of use some better tricks to get it to transfer I'll give you my tips that worked for me as just an example of things you can do in this revision space I used to create a list of questions for every lecture that I was revising. So it was almost like, here's the information, what's the question that matches with that information? And I'd put it on a sheet of paper next to me. That's great. I would then test myself on these questions, but I wouldn't write the answers because that takes a really long time. Your hand cramps up um, and actually it doesn't involve 
you know, more than one modality. So what I would do is I would take my list of questions and I would walk around the house mm-hmm. and I would answer them out loud. Mm-hmm. And um, and so by speaking them out loud, <laughs> it engages another modality of expression and that can really help with, them, with making that transfer into long-term memory. If I couldn't think of the answer, I'd go back and I'd refer to the material again, remind myself of it, then I'd step away and I'd practice answering. And I would do that multiple times in, in the lead up to the day. That's a really good way to sort of get that breadth of coverage and using more active revision strategies. Mm. Um, Other things that people can do, say with a subject like anatomy, where you're having to learn a huge amount of information and sometimes words that are not words that we typically use in day-to-day conversation is maybe if you get like a a picture of the organ, say, uh, Mm -hmm. and you know how they often have those little like lines saying, yeah, this is the whatever and this is the whatever. Um, Wipe them out, like photocopy it, wipe them out and then photocopy it a bunch of times and then practice writing in the answers, right, so you get your recall. So doing that sort of testing of yourself, flashcards is another way to do it. Working in a study group would be another way to do it. Um, these are all ways more active revision strategies that will help that transfer into long-term memory. We've got much more space in our long-term memory than we do in our short-term memory. Mm. So we want to make that transfer. Um, mm. So that that's what I would sort of say with the revision space. Try not to cram. That's going to definitely sort of feed into your anxiety. Look, I know easier said than done. I was definitely a crammer. <laughs> I have to say, but I think we but, all would have done oh, that. Look, I think we upon. all we've all done it, and like you know, it's, it's not necessarily a terrible thing if you're cramming. Like, don't think, oh my god, I'm a failure because I've ended up having to cram for this assessment. It's a little bit part and parcel of student life, isn't Absolutely. it? That you may end up doing that. But you know, yes. if you, if you can sort of reduce the amount of cramming you need to do, yeah. that's going to be helpful. Yeah, you know, building on those study skills. I mentioned the online learning lab um, through the RMIT website is something you could do, joining a study group. Um, Usually the lecturers will give you a bit of a clue about what the areas are going to be on the exam and the type of questions, like is it going to be a multiple choice question and is or is it going to be a short answer or a long answer question yeah. and they'll give you they should if they're a good teacher give you an idea of what sort of things they're looking for so yeah. try to practice try to practice answering those kinds of questions maybe see if you can source some uh, old exam papers mm. and you can practice with yeah all of those sorts of things are great for that sort of like revision side of things um absolutely i understand in, that some yeah. of the lecturers i think during you know weeks was it 12 weeks 11 or 12 in the very last week sometimes we'll have you know the the class is actually focused on upcoming assessments and they encourage students to actually attend because that would be you know quite the theme of that class and there are sometimes it's not recorded and so you know they want people to be able to go so they can contribute and work in groups like you said Mm -hmm. um, and have that like you said, also active participation to be able yeah. to revise. But you're doing it live, you're doing it with a group of people or your yeah. group mates or classmates. So yeah. they're all sort of, then you get an idea of people who know the material or learn from each other as well if you're not as familiar. Absolutely. I mean, the great thing about study groups is that sometimes you will know more about something or remember more exactly. about something and you can teach it to the others. The act of teaching information to somebody else is a great revision strategy. Yes, <laughs> right? that's right. Um, other times it'll be like, oh, my gosh, I don't remember covering that at all. And the other person teaches you, but you get benefit from being taught by yeah. them as well. So yeah. it's really a win-win whether you're teaching or whether you're absorbing and learning from them. You're either way really contributing to your revision practice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, And I know like the advantage of also being in a study group is sometimes you allocate, you know, like if you started the semester, if you have a study group that you are a part of and you can allocate each other, like say a chapter for if you've got mandated readings or um, the actual like pre like required reading, people allocate certain chapters to each other and then you can actually provide Mm -hmm. a delivery summary of that chapter you've read and that that is your revision too because you're like you said before you're delivering material you've read and then you were able to summarize that to share with your group it's almost teaching that to the group yes it is exactly and that's that's a way of sort of you know if you have a a schedule of meetings throughout the semester that's a way of like keeping on top of it and not leaving it all to the last minute as well and sometimes you're a little bit you know more willing to when you, you stick to your intentions when you have to meet up with other people, right? So it's when you say, True. I'm like this with the gym sometimes. Yeah, I'm going to go to the gym. Oh, no, I don't feel like it. I think I won't yeah. go. But if I know yeah. I'm meeting meeting someone at the gym, right. I know I have to go because they'll be waiting for me. So, you know, that yeah. just push it. Just give me that little extra push that I need um, to get over the line. So that's where a study Sometimes we're keen to keep the social commitment more than yeah. we are to ourselves. Correct, <laughs> correct. And, and also, you know, as you said, you feel less alone because everyone's in it with you you know they're all dealing with the same feelings you are and um and it's just sometimes it's just a a relief to be around people who understand how you're feeling it certainly can normalize that anxiety and stress yeah Yeah. Yeah. but also kind of keep things in proportion as well knowing okay this is good stress that i can utilize and i can actually treat it as good stress to kind of perform um, Mm -hmm. or to motivate me or to energize me to do some work exactly exactly yeah Beyond so, these skills, yeah, um, what yeah. other things can I do to optimise, speaking of performance, but what can yeah. I do that, you know, could optimise my performance and preparation for yeah. assessments or deadlines in general? Yeah, yeah. So, look, there's there's a couple of things just in terms of, um, you know, keeping study sessions productive um, would be one. You know, it's things like I, I've already mentioned, you know, maybe writing it down in your own words or quest, like writing the questions like I mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, maybe charts, pictures, mind maps. Some people find that a fantastic fantastic yeah. tool with yeah. your color code learner. stuff color coding yeah. stuff all that sort of stuff yeah memory um can be really assisted by things like maybe developing an acronym for mm-hmm. what it is that you need to remember um like if there's you know five stages of something and what's the first the letter of the first word of each of those stages and make that into a word and then remember that word and then that helps you to then recall what the actual five stages are certainly breaking down the information uh, into smaller chunks when you're sort of trying to m- memorize it and learn it speaking it aloud as i said yeah. again that introduces another modality which is great um, the big thing, obviously, is distraction too, like when you're trying to study. So mm. you, you might need to use like a bit of a blocker. There's lots of apps that can block distracting websites like social media <laughs> websites and things that mm-hmm. can become a real time drain um, when you're trying to study. And maybe you just want to temporarily deactivate those things or block yourself from using those during your study sessions. And um, and like give yourself little rewards to when you stay on task, you know, just like don't say I'm going to study for eight hours at a time. like that's going to feel like a real drudge, you know, break it up, maybe go out and have lunch with a friend in the middle and then come back, have something you really like to eat or go outside and sit in the sun or something to reward yourself when you've been on task. So um, it's almost like scheduling 
scheduling a day that's kind of like I, I was thinking when you described this treated like a work day almost yes, um, yes. you know for those of us who've kind of you know work shifts as well then it's like do a morning shift um, and in your morning shift you might have a breakdown of the different types of tasks that you've got to do like if you're at work say for example go into your job at the start of your shift and often you're told okay here are the tasks that you need to be done by the end of your shift and or by lunchtime for example and then Yes. you set out to do them however you organize it um, and it sounds like you know with a study day or so, like that kind of study session maybe trying to break that into chunks yeah. like that so that Definitely. it's a little bit more doable and realistic yeah. yeah and I find sometimes different for everyone that's why I say I find but when I was doing it if I stayed on the one subject for too long I found I, got, I started to go into this sort of drifting off and losing not yeah. losing interest but getting this a bit fatigued with it yes. um and so it can keep it can keep you fresh to do like a shift on this um yeah. you know subject and then a shift in the afternoon on this subject and depending on when your exams are and so on obviously you have to yeah. that's good that's also based on that sort of thing what you decide to study when but yeah I really like that idea of like yeah what in this shift that I'm doing uh, this study shift what will I cover maybe make a plan beforehand and actually cross things off as you go it's incredibly therapeutic to cross mm. things out I used to use a red pen so that I could see like the increasing red going down the page of like, oh, I'm getting closer and closer to finishing my long list of tasks. Um, that can actually be quite motivating to, to see the progress that you're making. Yeah. So, you know, we've sort of mentioned some things about, you know, doing lots of practice um, and, and revision. But other things that I think are important is stuff around the space of just gen good general health. Um, right. So it might be things like making sure you keep a healthy lifestyle, having a good sleep routine, eating as well as you can. You yeah. know, we know that with preparing for exams, you know, we might be pulling all-nighters, we might be eating a lot of junk food, um, we might be consuming a lot of caffeine. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, caffeine is going to contribute to anxiety because it's a yes. stimulant and anxiety is a kind of stimulant. So when you add a stimulant to a stimulant, you get lots of stimulation mm. um, and sometimes too much <laughs> stimulation. So, so that's another thing to be aware of, to sort of think about, okay, how can I make sure that I'm eating a little bit healthier? Again, don't make it a hard thing, like, oh, my God, suddenly I have to re totally change my diet. And No, 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 because that's just going to make me feel more stressed. It might just be having some general guidelines, like I'm going to have more of the fresh stuff, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. Yep. Um, you know, maybe I'm going to prepare some home-cooked meals and freeze them when it's, you know, in the not-so-busy period so that when I'm in the busy period I can eat something that's like a home-cooked meal that's, yep. you know, a bit more, a bit more nourishing. Or if I am going to go out and do takeaway, like why don't I pick the sort of takeaway that's maybe got some veggies in it? Um, yep. So, you know, not, not McDonald's so much, maybe a more a stir fry uh, or something like that that's got lots of good fresh veggies in it. Yeah. Um, is going to be a better choice, you know. Yeah. Um, so that sort of thing, and and you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with having a bit of chocolate or something like that to reward yourself. But maybe yeah. just again, like what you said earlier, moderation. Keep it. Yeah. In moderation. I was going to say maybe chocolate or a soft drink. Um, I find it's more maybe that's a treat at the end of the day, that's like it. a dessert. Yeah. Um, that can be, you know, after dinner, yeah. you know, that's just a treat. And, exactly. and, and I have a treat every day, but yeah, so be it, exactly. you know, it's so like once, once I finish studying, that's it, you know, I can clean yeah. up my room and then I can kind of go on holidays or do whatever yeah. else, hang out with friends. But in that's the moment it. and gearing up 
for things to be yeah. very busy or stressful yeah. um, yeah. and or anxiety provoking, it's like, okay, yeah. but I might need something for the moment that's a bit comforting. So I yeah. might just have a chocolate bar. Um, exactly. And that's a reward to look forward to as well. It is. It is. Exactly. So that, that's why I never say, oh, cut all that stuff out, like become a vegan. Like, like you know, yes, that's a very healthy lifestyle if you can maintain it. But if the thought of doing that is incredibly stressful, then yeah. I wouldn't, you know, yeah. I would just maybe add more of the good stuff, you know. Yeah. Even things like with caffeine, for example, like a lot of people say, oh, God, no, I couldn't do it if I didn't have, you know, five or six coffees yeah. in the day. Maybe just try switching out a couple of them, you know, yeah. with a herbal tea, you know, with That's a chamomile right. tea or something yeah. like that. You know, I, I once had a colleague, a student friend of mine who um, didn't, she never drank caffeine to keep herself awake. She said what kept her awake was drinking lots of water because when she drank lots of water, she needed to go to the bathroom a lot. And so that kept her awake because you can't sleep when you need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I thought that's actually a very good point. If I stay really hydrated, which is a really good thing, that will actually probably keep me more awake. Very um, true. I've tried so, that. It is yeah. very distracting, though, because every half hour or so. I know, so, you have I'm, to go. To, I yep, know. Yep. I mean, although that probably works well if you're on a Pomodoro technique, which is, you know, you time your study That's time right. and then right. you can get up and have a break. Uh, it true. works well if you time it that way. <laughs> yeah, otherwise That's it is very yeah, distracting. Yeah, yeah, you can set your time around your bladder function. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah right. I like it. I like but it. I like also the thought of even sometimes, look, if I pair something I ate today that's a bit more, let's say, junk food or unhealthy, like yeah. maybe I'll pair it with something else that's a little yeah. bit more healthy for dinner, yeah. for example. Um, exactly. Maybe it can be a little bit more balanced that way, um, especially right. these days with supermarkets where they sell a lot of pre-packed yeah. fresh stuff like okay. salads or fruits or yeah. cut-up fruits. Have some in the fridge that you can just go and you know, ha again, have the chocolate, but also yeah. have, you know, packs, packets of like cut up fruits or um, sliced yes. up veggies that you can just pick out of the fridge at the same time. And that's such a good idea. And really, supermarkets are making it easier and easier for us yes. to not have to do so much prep. Um, if we can just grab those things and, and, you know, we can probably have that stuff ready to go. It's even portable. <laughs> you know, we can take it with us and it's, it's just adding some good stuff to what we're eating. Yeah. Um, is a good idea. And the other thing is, I think, exercise. And so, um, again, I'm not talking about vigorous sessions at the gym where you're almost vomiting from the exertion. Like, it doesn't have to be that level of exercise. I'm just talking about a nice, simple, gentle walk, mm. um, maybe a 30-minute walk per day in the lead-up to exams. We know that there's a really strong link um, between sort of mental wellness and exercise yeah. um, and stress. So it's a great stress management technique and it allows you to practice a bit of mindfulness too, yeah. you know, observing the world around you. This time of year, we're coming into spring, you know, there's some nice blossom fragrances in the air, the mm. temperatures are getting a bit warmer, you know, maybe some other flowers are coming out, there's different mm. colours in the landscape, you know, just pay attention to all of that stuff as you're walking around. That's also going to be really great for your well-being. You know, yeah, make sure you do eat regularly as well. So think about those three times a day, like you've got to refuel. You know, some people, when they get very, very stressed, they can't eat. Um, yeah. And so that's something to maybe pay attention to. Like, oh, gosh, if I've gone a whole day without eating, I'm not giving my brain any food, and that's going to make it harder to study. So That makes sense. Yeah, even, we do, you know, we do, yeah. do burn fuel um, as we're sitting yeah. and studying because yeah. it is a stimulating activity, even though we're just exactly. so quite sedentary and exactly. we're just sitting around but we are actually engaging in our brain and it, it does need actually you know stuff it needs petrol it does and so we do it need does. to actually fill up 
sometimes and we do tend to forget as well some of us forget yeah, some of us do. are too stressed or yeah. the, the butterflies are too much and so yeah. it's hard to actually feel exactly. i feel like i don't feel like i have an appetite but yeah. it's easy to go for the junk food where it, it is, is quite comforting at the same yeah, time exactly exactly and look maybe you want to just if you really feel unwell and like i can't eat you know maybe it is just like um grazing you know maybe it's yeah. not the three meals a day but it's just like having yeah. things on hand to graze nuts and fruits and veggies and things like that that you can just graze on so you're at least still giving your body the nutrition that it needs without necessarily having a big meal that might make you feel a bit and unwell that sounds similar to like drinking water all the time yes, like you exactly. know you can actually stay awake if you're grazing a bit more yeah that's true that's <laughs> yeah. true exactly good point yeah. yeah. So those are some good things. Um, and the final one that I just want to mention is thinking about sleep. So again, sleep gets very affected by stress. And some ways that you can look at improving your sleep or developing what we psychologists call good sleep hygiene is to not, not necessarily go to bed at the same time every day, but what I would advocate is trying to wake up at the same time every day mm. because that does tend to force us into a better sleep-wake sort of cycle. Mm. And get used to paying attention to what I'd call or what many people call the sleep wave, which is that really sleepy feeling that kind of comes over you. Mm. If you go to bed on a sleep wave, on a, a sleepy feeling, you're much more likely to fall asleep. Mm. And so rather than going, I'm going to go to bed at 11 p.m., maybe say around that time I'm going to make preparation for bed, I'm going to wind down, I'm going to turn you know, off the stimulation, uh, I'm going to put the blue light devices away, you know, maybe I'm going to have a nice calming drink like a chamomile tea, um, maybe I'm just going to lower the lights and just do a bit of quiet reading or listening to music to wind down for bed. And when I feel that wave come over me, that's when I'm going to ha- hop into bed. And and we want to be aiming for eight hours a night. You know, some people say, I only need four hours sleep. And like maybe that's true, but really we know the human body in general for good functioning needs eight hours of sleep yeah. a night. Yeah. We know we go through sleep cycles during the night. So, yeah. you know, that's been kind of research as the optimal, you know, the yeah. eight hours gives us a that's certain right. number of cycles that the body needs. Right. I, I can imagine also briefly, I, I understand that the sleep with the sleep cycle, it's also about consolidating what we've read, what we've learned, what we've revised during the day. Yeah. Um, and that's also why sleep has been really researched as so important. If we're mm-hmm. trying to remember things, if you're going to sit an exam the next day or a test, you do want a good night's sleep. There's been lots of studies that advocate for that for that reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. It helps you kind of put all those things into more of a long-term memory rather than the cramming. Even yeah. though there's a part of there's a part of us and I, I do often say this to clients is that especially come assessment time there's an acceptance to the stress level you're going to yeah. get anxious you're going to get stressed out you're going to get That's overwhelmed you are probably going to be sleep deprived more than other times in the yeah. year yeah. and it might help to anticipate and then prepare for look even if you're going to be sleep deprived don't make yourself too sleep deprived so yeah. maybe somewhere in the middle so that it's not too extreme or excessive but exactly. certainly with the sleep, it, it, like you said, with the regular waking, hopefully that'll help yeah. people to wind down at night because you will yeah. get a little bit sleepier. Yeah. And it's like that surfing. you got to go out and catch yeah, a good wave. You do. You, know, you, you, do. you wait for it. You don't just go there when there are no waves. Yeah, exactly nothing's gonna, right. Just because it's, it's 11 p.m. <laughs> That's like, right. You know, if there's no waves, there's no point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have we right. missed anything so far? 
before I get oh, into look, the only The only other thing that I would, would maybe mention is maybe just utilising some psychological strategies as well. For example, maybe visualising success. Maybe that's oh, yeah. something you can do as you're trying to drift off to sleep at night. Instead of picturing yourself walking into the exam, having a freak out and becoming completely overwhelmed, picture yourself walking in, sitting down, you know, or probably these days it's a lot of online assessments, turning on the computer, looking yeah. at the questions, going, oh, I know, I know the answers to those questions. And then picture yourself feeling relieved and happy walking out of the exam room or, or submitting your online assessment and going, hmm, job well done. I think I did okay. So just picture that, like create it like a little movie in your mind and just watch that repeatedly. That's much more likely to, you know, then become, you know, we talk about like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you've constantly visualised something positive, there's a greater chance that it will sort of come to fruition. The other thing that's super important, I think, is in the, in the psychological strategy space is some deep relaxation. And so many people, I'm sure, have heard of mindfulness and deep breathing, deep abdominal breathing. Those are some great things to do. There's heaps of things online. There's heaps of apps like Headspace or Smiling Mind or one that I like to use, which is called One Giant Mind, also an Australian app. It's the number one and then Giant Mind. And if you do that daily in the lead up to your exams, maybe starting two, three weeks out from the exam, you start to create a bit of a habit around calming your body down. So relaxation works because it sort of stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system, which has a dampening effect on the sympathetic nervous system, which is the one that gets all revved up when we're stressed. Um, And so we know it's an immediate antidote to stress. And if you can get good at it, then you can produce it when you need to. Like, I'm feeling really stressed in the exam right now. I've just seen a question I don't know the answer to. I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm going to do three or four breaths and just bring that down, bring that overstimulation down. So doing the practice in the lead up will help you cope with that lead up anxiety that we talked about. But also you can then pull it out when you need to in the exam um, if you need to do a bit of breathing. And just notice your thought patterns. Notice if you're being really negative, you know, saying, I can't do this, I'm bound to fail, nothing's going to help me, I'm obviously stupid, you know, I have to do well or it's the end of the world. You know, if you find yourself saying things like that, those are self-defeating thoughts. Mm. (laughs) Try to think about some empowering thoughts. Maybe you need to write them down Mm. for yourself because they can be harder to come up with. Negative thoughts come to us, no problems. Positive thoughts are a little bit harder. But, you know, maybe things like, I'm just going to do my best and that's all I can do. I I can learn from this if I make a mistake. You know, mistakes are actually valuable. I'll do better next time. Um, I've done all the preparation and I've done everything I can. Even if I don't do well, it's just one assessment that, you know, in a few years' time will be completely forgotten. I'm smart enough to do well. It's saying those things to yourself, giving yourself some empowerment rather than some, you know, the defeating, self-defeating thoughts. Yeah, I like the also with the affirmations, sometimes writing that and having, I know, you know, in perhaps pop psychology, self-help sections of um, the bookstores or even stationery shops these days, you can get affirmation cards. Yeah, I imagine, you know, they've been popular for a reason. So having them around, we see it visually, you know, and that's really encouraging. Um, And you're not if you're ever stuck, you know, you don't have to think of what to write or what to yeah. say, but some of yeah. these really helps. Yeah. It's an aid um, it and it can help us generate some of the affirming feelings within the work that we do and the efforts that we've put in so far. Absolutely. I mean, even you could even do something like if you haven't got time to go and get some of those sorts of cards, 
just jump online and just type in inspiring quotes about study and you will probably find a whole heap of things come up and you can pick the ones that you like and print them out and stick them up on your wall and just, you know, look at them regularly. You know, it sounds super daggy and a bit pop psychology, but actually it does really help, Um, you know, and, and you know, the more that you look over those things and read over those things, the more it starts to embed itself into your psyche. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, yeah. that I notice that has been really helpful with clients who have tried to use it. Even, you know, myself being sceptical at first about it, but it, it is helpful seeing it visually because it yeah. is giving ourselves a different perspective of how crit- like that inner critic or yeah. the critical voice saying you can't do it or, yeah. you know, the marks that you got last time is not going to help this time or, yeah. you know, or even the shoulds and the must or you must oh. do better than last semester. Yeah. Yes. But it really yes. helps to kind of balance and just to give a different perspective, the affirmative thoughts. It does, yeah. So I'm also thinking about, like, you know, on the day of the assessments, you know, are there practical things to actually think about for the day of that assessment? Like if I'm thinking time to tests or um, exams, uh, especially and even nowadays if we have to do it online, um, are there some considerations for that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think when when it comes to an in-person exam, for example, it might be, you know, particularly practical exams are usually in person. I would ensure that you know everything about where it is, where's the room, you know, what time is it, how long will it take me to get there, how am I going to get there, um, is there parking available, what's the train timetable or tram timetable, what time do Maybe I Maybe reread some of those things a couple of times. Yeah, you know, um, make sure you've got what you need with you if you need yep. to bring some items with you. Um, you know, the classic things might be pens, pencil, eraser, sharp or whatever, maybe a watch calculator, make sure you've got those things, pack them well in advance so that they're ready to go with you. Maybe check up what the exam rules and regulations are, have all that stuff ready to go. Anything that you can that will cut down your stress on the day, if mm. you can do that prep beforehand, is going to yep. help you. Yep. With an online exam, because you might be doing that maybe at home, yep. um, I think what I would do with that one is just to, again, check what are the specific requirements of this assessment? Is it one that I have to do at three o'clock on a Monday afternoon? Or, or is it one that, you know, any, any time between Monday and Friday of that week, I can do it. But once I start it, I have to submit it kind of thing. So find out, mm-hmm. find out, yeah, can I do it at home or do I need to be on campus, you know, mm-hmm. on a you know, computer lab to do it or something? You know, make sure your computer's functioning, you know, like mm. give it a little test run and so on. Just check that there's, it's got a lot of hardware. have backup internet. Have backup <laughs> internet. Like, you know, yeah, think about troubleshooting. Like if my internet, yes. my home internet drops out, can I, yes. can I tether to my phone, for example, or something like yeah. that? Find a spot that has the least amount of distractions for you. Tell the people that you live with. You know, maybe you need to stick a sign on the door. I'm doing an exam. Do not enter so that you have no distractions um, or interruptions. And then think about an optimal time for you to do the exam. If you get to choose, like if it's, you know, any time within a certain window, maybe choose the time of day that works best for you. Mm. Um, I, I had a student I remember who always functioned better in the mornings because if she did anything in the afternoon, she built up her anxiety so much by that point in the day that she got to the overblown, you know, the overstressed sort of stage. So she definitely coped better she did it first thing in the morning others of you might hear that and go oh god no I'm terrible in the morning it'd be better if I did it at night so just know yourself and pick there isn't a right time it's what's the right time for you and then again like with online exams it might be more of an open book style exam so make sure you've got all the materials that you need ready to go easy to access 
some tabs help, so you know, having highlighted tabs. tabs yeah, that's those it. Post-its help. It. Yeah. Post-its are perfect. Maybe dividers, folded dividers. Yeah. Just, you know, think about how am I going to lay out this information so I can easily put my fingers on it yeah. during the exam. Um, you know, if, you, if you're um, needing to look things up during the exam, you know, don't do it in the same window as the exam. Open up another tab or a, a different browser. You know, yeah. so it's just thinking about things like that. So, yeah, that sort of practical prep, any of that that you can do, as I mentioned before, you know, before the day is just going to take another burden off your shoulders True. so that things go more smoothly on the day. And really, we're just with anything that can reduce the stress overall, just take it down a notch, take the temperature down a notch will mean that you're more likely to stay in that optimum zone and not go into that overblown, overstressed, overwhelmed zone. Mm. But say if I do feel the anxiety and stress during this exam or the timed assessment, you know, what if I do feel that way and what what can I do in that moment? Yeah, yeah, great question. Another great question. Yeah, look, I think the first thing that I would suggest is the breathing. Um, I mentioned before about the deep abdominal breathing. I know it can feel like because it's timed. Oh my god, I've got to, I've got to keep going. I've got to keep going. But actually, yeah. take the time to stop and breathe. Just close your eyes and just do maybe four or five breaths. Practice on, uh, uh, focus on rather, you know, releasing the muscles in your shoulder and neck. Um, maybe unclenching your jaw. That feeling of like, yeah, letting. If you notice you're squeezing any of your muscles, like unsqueeze. Just breathe and do that you know, four or five times. And you can do that as many times as you need to. That would be my first tip if it happens in the exam. Don't get into the stress spiral. Oh, my God, I don't know the answer to that question. Oh, no, I'm going to fail. This is terrible. And then stick with that Mm. question. Move on to the next question. So I'm going to come back to that. It might come back to me. The more questions that you can answer, the more likely you'll pass the exam. So don't get bogged down on one question that you can't answer. Maybe even sometimes what I used to do is just jot down how long I was going to spend on each question and it might be based on how many marks it's worth. And then you can kind of keep an eye on, am I on track with my timings, with with the answer I need to provide? If it's more long form answer question that's required, maybe do a little dot point plan first and you can include the dot point plan in your answer. If you then run out of time to actually complete the answer, the examiner has your dot point plan and you can actually get marks out of that you know you might not get the full marks but you might pick up one or two extra you know one or two marks anything helps anything helps right ideally if you can leave a bit of time to go over your exam paper at the end is good don't leave early (laughs) you know use the the time use the time that's right go over it check over it and the other thing i would say is don't have post-mortems you know, I, I think that's the one one thing that's maybe good about not having an in-person exam because I do remember with in-person exams, people would come out and they'd be like, oh, my God, well, wow, that was really hard. Like, what did you think of question six? I wrote yes. this. What did you write? Yes. And you go, oh, my God, I didn't write that. That must be wrong. And then you can find yourself getting really upset and, and you know, you don't actually yep. know whether they got it right or you got it right. Maybe just pop your headphones on and just vamoose out of there as quickly as you can. Yeah. You know, maybe put a little embargo on contact after the exam, turn off your phone. Um, go and watch a TV show or go for a walk or something where people can't contact you for a bit. Don't get into the postmortems because you're just going to stress yourself out and it's done by then. You can't do yeah. anything about it, so yeah. there's no point. That's right. I like to move, remove the material. So any yes. of that revision material, just yes. just put it away for now. You clean it up later, but remove yeah. it and then you can like go and do something else. So it's like exactly. out of sight, out of mind for the time being. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Well, the other thing that's just occurred to me that I was going to mention about online uh, exams is if you hit technical snags. So if that happens, 
try to maybe screenshot your work and paste it into a Word document yes. or something. You might be able to email it to the lecturer. If you go to get to the end and you try and hit submit and it won't submit, if you've kept a record of your answers and you can send that to your, you know, the, your lecturer, then that might actually save you. So that's another good tip that I forgot yeah, to mention that's, that's maybe tip. worth considering um, with the online assessments. Yeah, that is a great tip. We know that, you know, they do take that into consideration. Um, yeah. And, you know, you shouldn't be penalised if you hit like an internet snag or no, something like that. Exactly so, right. Exactly but they do right. need some evidence. So yeah, otherwise exactly. everyone could try and do that as well. Yeah, exactly. Understandably. Exactly. Yeah. And just a couple of other hacks, because gosh, if I do talk a lot, don't I? <laughs> No, no, Sorry. that's okay. Sorry, I was like, listeners. oh, I really hope we've we've kind of covered. Like, please I feel know. free to share. Yeah, I just keep pop things keep popping into my brain. Right. Um, I was also thinking about some other things you can do in the moment of the exams. We were talking about that a moment ago. I've mentioned the breathing, but some other things that you might also try is like having a stretch. Um, mm. you know, like just doing some basic stretches. Your neck, stand up move around sort of thing, sit back down, maybe have like a mantra that you can repeat to yourself, like saying the word calm, calm, you know, and repeating that to yourself can sometimes help bring down that overstimulation. Maybe visualise a peaceful place that you've mm. either been to or you'd like to go to. I was going to ask about that, um, yeah, yeah. visualisation. That's yeah. going to give us more, like, feel, make us grounded. Yes, exactly. Maybe you've got, like, a snap from a holiday that you went mm. on and this amazing view or something, like, have it with you, have it nearby um, mm. and look at it and just try and picture yourself being in that place and time again. The other thing you can also try is a bit of, like, some focusing things, some focusing techniques just to get your brain to switch back on. So it might be things like, count the number of desks in the room or count the number of pink things in your room that you're in just go do a little mental like look around the room going okay the car carpet is this color the walls are this color that there's yep. this book on the shelf and like really look around you and observe your environment and just you know observe that to yourself it might be like sharpening pencils or you could even think about lyrics to songs repeating lyrics to songs or what are the capital cities of all the countries in Europe and just like recite them? So these like little act focusing activities could just get your brain to switch back on when you hit that like I've gone completely blank, I can't think of anything. Right. So that can be a good little one to try. I know I fiddle with the pen, you know, yeah. we often fiddle. So fiddle, even fiddling. if it's online right. stuff or you're typing something, yeah. having the writing material next to you, Absolutely. and I, I fiddle with the pen or fidget with the pen because you oh. just – there's this restlessness or there nervous is, energy is. and it just helps Absolutely. to kind of release a little bit of it. It does. It does. And there's heaps of fidget toys now, you know, because kids love yeah. them. Um, and, you know, there's all those ones that are like little, they're like um, bubble wrap thing where you can like, but it's like a rubber bubble wrap thing. Oh. And you can pop the bubbles in and out. And, you know, they, they like come on a little panel of like, I don't know, 20 of oh. these little bubbles. And you, I forgot what they're called. There's I was going to ask about bubble wrap. Yeah, popping bubble wrap is popping fun. Bubble wrap, it's it's you know. disposable though, as in you do it once and yeah. then that's it. Yeah. And then it's done. Whereas these little rubber things you can just you know once you pop it on one side you can flip it over and then pop it on the other so it's eternally yeah. eternally replenishing itself yeah 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 oh, um, that's very satisfying <laughs> yeah it is very satisfying it is um there's ones that make clicky sounds and you know there's sounds and sensations and so on so yeah even like those two dollar shops have heaps of that sort of stuff so go and yeah. have a look and see if you can find a couple of fidget things have them to hand bring them with you yes. 
And the other thing that I would say is what I refer to as a bridging object, which is something that is maybe has a positive association in your life. You know, maybe it's a piece of jewellery or it might be a picture, a book, mm-hmm. or something that when you pick it up, it reminds you, it evokes a really positive feeling about something wonderful that happened to you in your life or a wonderful person. And it can instantly help you feel a little bit calmer to connect you to that moment. So mm-hmm. even if it's an in-person exam, particularly if it's a wearable something, wear yep. it. Wear it, touch yeah. it during the exam. If you start to feel really anxious, touch it, feel it, connect oh, to that so positive relatable. feeling. It's yeah. really relatable because I talk about, I guess, in a very different way, but about confidence. Yeah. And it's actually about, you know, maybe there's an outfit that you wear that can help yeah. you, you know, feel more confident. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one is maybe there's something that you can have with you, whether it's a um, an outfit or something, a jewellery or something that you wear on your person. And that feels comforting. And it gives you comfort or brings you, like, calms you down. Exactly. Yeah, it could be something tactile too, like a really soft scarf, you know. Yeah, it's that sort of thing, you know, something that's a texture that you really like. or And, like, if it's something like a ring, I happen to love rings, you can spin them. You can spin them on your fingers. So there's there's a wearable fidget toy. Yep. (laughs) You know, so that's something you can do. Um, And it's not noticeable. And it's not noticeable. No one notices it. Yep. No, exactly. And so what would be your message to our listeners out there following our episode today on managing assessment anxiety? Yeah, I I think my final message would be get to know yourself. What are your blind spots? What are your things that you particularly struggle with? You know, when do you study the best? What are your strengths? So not just, you know, what's bad, but also what's good about you and and come up with a plan of like, yeah, uh, maybe I've listened to this episode today and a couple of things have really resonated for me. I'm going to try those things out. Make a plan to try those things out. You don't have to do everything we've said today because the point is that different things work for different people. Um, But, you know, you might try, you might go, I really like the sound of those, you know, bubble wrap things I'm going to go and have a look at that and um, you know I'm going to try and focus on my sleep and my eating and you know that might be what your takeaway is from this episode Um, and for others it might be a little bit more about practical revision strategies but that's what you incorporate into your plan and by knowing yourself like when am I at my sharpest mentally you know when do I tend to get most anxious you know what's the best study method for me what kind of learner am I all of those things are going to really help you come up with your own personalized exam plan yeah and it starts with observing us isn't it observing ourselves or our behavior or um, if I'm thinking about early on at the first part of our conversation we're talking about like certain signals or symptoms or signs that tell us when we're anxious just being able to observe when that occurs and then we can make you know is there a relationship between is it the timed assessment that I get anxious about that I get the butterflies or is it about presentation that I get the butterflies and we start to be a bit more observant of what's going on within us and then we get a better handle of that if we start to know ourselves a little bit better. 100% yeah because you you can't know what the problem is until you know what the problem is you know what I mean how do you fix the problem until you know what it is is the things so get get your observational eyes on and just just check in with yourself Um, maybe reflect back on previous experiences of where your sticky spots were what we you know when things didn't go so well what was it and then think about yeah what are some strategies I could try to overcome that next time yeah it is a bit trial and error because, you know, horses yeah. for courses, I think that's the saying yeah. goes, and yeah. you might try this and it works for you and your classmates mm-hmm. or friends might try something else and it works for them and that's, that's okay, fine. you know, and that this is coming together with sometimes that study group to share what works, you know, what yeah. other people have tried, what worked and to give it a go. 
and to yeah. actually persist with it a little bit as well. I find yeah. that not not just try it for five minutes, but maybe yeah. give it a few goes and then exactly. you can really know whether that suits you or not. Like, for example, visualisation works for a lot of people. Sometimes yeah. mindfulness works for other people, but yeah. some, not not for everyone. Exactly. So just let go of the idea that there's one right way. Also, what you said before, accept the idea that it's going to be uncomfortable. You won't eliminate Absolutely. stress completely and nor should you. Find ways to to sort of make it tolerable. You know, yeah, and hang it's almost in like capitalising on that stress because yeah, we know that time is going to be stressful. Exactly. It's going to cause me anxiety That's and right. I'm going to try and somehow use that anxiety That's to it. give me that energy exactly. to see me through. And then yeah. I can come out the other side, whatever the reward might be as well. Yeah. With the studying, it's like, okay, if I give myself that reward, whether it's a piece of chocolate at the end of the day, yeah. a, a yeah. dessert or a drink, but then at the end of the whole assessment period, yeah. we can kind of actually celebrate fully yeah. and more so whether it's hanging out with friends, you know, or, or going funny. away, holidays, et cetera. That's so it. we get to actually really kind of finish off that by rewarding ourselves and feeling yeah. good about that coming out the yeah. other end. Absolutely. I hope our listeners will get to play back some of the relevant bits for them because, you know, yeah. hopefully that helps them to reflect on it, write down, you know, mm-hmm. what would be helpful, try it a few times and then kind of listen again and work out, you know, what else they would like to try. I also just want to, you know, spruik out there that Liz also runs this as a webinar for RMIT students. So certainly be sure to check out the date for this on the RMIT counselling website. I think you've got one coming up. Up, um, I we believe do, sometime on the 12th next of month. October. Yep. Yeah, yep. great. And I also will provide the link to, I believe it's the the list of webinars that we're actually running um, for the remainder of the year in the episode description. So for listeners, yeah. if you haven't checked it out, um, have a look at the link. So this should be up to date. But okay. I, I really appreciate your time, Liz, and I really thank you for all the wisdom that you've shared with us today. I'm sure I, I've taken pleasure. a a lot of things away from this and I hope our listeners yeah. have as well yeah oh, wonderful talking with you Yvonne and sharing Likewise. with all the listeners yeah it's yeah. great <laughs> thanks again Liz my pleasure thanks for joining us today on the counseling armchair we hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned a useful thing or two have a great week and just remember that life can be amazing see you next time isn't life so amazing sometimes it can get crazy but hey that's okay we've got another day to make mistakes and say sorry there's no sense in our worry cause all we can do is try our best to make it through with love